Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another show of Chords and Courts. It is your host, Sean Cavanaugh. Today, I have a very, very special guest from across the pond, far lands far, far away in the uh, the fatherland, as you guys say, Deutschland, Germany. It's good friend, Luis Brander, who we met uh, on the beach in Barcelona, I think. Barceloneta by the big Western Hotel, if you've seen it. It's a very famous beach. Not the prettiest one, but that's where we met a, lot, a couple of weeks ago when we were over in Spain. And we quickly found out that Luis, even though he's German, is the biggest NFL fan I've ever met, especially from somebody not from America. He was giving us draft cat recaps, depth charts, naming a guy's contract that I didn't even know about. And I tried to do this for a living and watch the NFL every Sunday for years and years and years. So it is my good friend. Bring him in on right now. Luis, how's it going over in Germany? Hey, Sean, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, uh, it's uh, doing pretty good here. So um, really looking forward to just have a nice talk with you. Um, talk some stuff, some sport, football. Yeah. Before we get to the NFL and people are going to clearly see your crazy passion for the sport, especially the NFL. I want to talk a little bit about your background. You are a track athlete. And I'm not just saying like, oh, he runs track in his high school or college. No, he's a professional track athlete a sprinter, going to see him in the Olympics one day. And before we get to a little bit about how you became that, I just want to know what's going on right now with your headphones when you're doing training before you go for a race, what are you listening to? What's your good pump up music nowadays? Yeah. Um, actually, so before training, before the competitions, like uh, I always listen to music. That's a uh, pretty, uh, pretty basic stuff. I think every athlete is doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Drake, but what are the specific uh, songs? What's the last one, you know, before yeah. Yeah, you take so, the headphones yeah, out? So, uh, right now, actually, Drake, um, the new album, like Certified Lover Boy, really got yeah. me. Um, that's like that's like good stuff to just get just get in your zone, like, uh, get concentrated, get focused, and yeah, get along with the training and at all the competitions, like uh, doing running, lifting stuff. Yeah, um, right now, it's uh, it's pretty much all Drake, yeah. So you think yeah. Certified Lover Boy was better than Donda's the best rap album of the year so far? Uh, um, I was hoping you you asked for this. <laughs> so yeah, like for me, it's not even close. It's no discussion. Really? Not Lover even Boy. close? No, it's not even close, man. Like uh, I got like two tracks on, on, on Donda that I, that I listened to like uh, off the grid. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, but but um certified lover boy by drake man that's so much better I, for me <laughs> for me it's not even for me personally it's not even close it's no discussion um straight up so yeah All i right, really i, I, really I guess like I'll, album. I'll just respectfully agree to disagree um what about growing up i mean obviously you're what, like 20 right yeah 21 yeah 21, 21 uh, on the weekend oh happy birthday Thanks, man. How do you say happy birthday in German? I forgot. Uh, alles Gute zum Geburtstag. Alles in guten Sinn's Geburtstag? Yeah. Perfect, it was close. Man. It was close. Um, just, just, just like a native German. <laughs> when you were growing up, though, as a track athlete, 
before you got to the professional level, do you remember any songs that were kind of your throwback ones that you used to listen to, to get ready for track? Cause like for me going to lacrosse games or whatever, there's a lot of, you know, Eminem on the playlist, remember the name, but I'm a little bit older than you. So I'm wondering as you were growing up and like maybe the high school age for you guys, what were you listening to before the track meets? Yeah. I mean, Eminem is always, uh, it's a classic. It's in my playlist also, but um, I don't know, like, really a song that really got me is um nwa straight out of compton <laughs> that's something you know I, it really puts that's me, amazing you know, I, it's not it's not really relatable uh with the background stuff and the story for me but yeah i, I, I would mean, say I just like a little bit off i like it or yeah i don't know um ballin by logic uh, it's a track that uh yeah really yeah. really got me yeah uh, stuff like that like you know it, it just need to push me like uh, getting forward yeah get in the zone uh, that's crazy just the, that shows the power and reach of music of literally in nwa 90s gangster rap from compton california and there's a 20 year old not even 20 at that time younger than that german dude way across the world who's getting ready for his athletics meets getting ready to sprint past everybody and he's listening to easy and ice cube and right that's crazy yeah, man. As I said, it's not relatable for me, but um, but the music just, still just, hits, you I know. I just loved it. Yeah, of course. So that's that's special thing about music. All right, so we got to all the boring stuff. I know why you're here. What you want to talk about? You are a giant NFL fan, as I said at the top of this podcast. So just talk a little bit about how somebody from Germany. I know it's a lot easier now with the internet and things like that, but the time zone is a little tricky. I know when we were over there, Harrison and I were struggling or up late watching some football games, especially the primetime ones. So how did you become such a big NFL fan despite all the challenges of watching it in Europe? Well, so football is, is a thing in Germany or in Europe, especially um, for like 10 years now. It's growing since then. Yeah. And for me personally, I got into football like in 2014. So uh, a friend uh, recommended it to me. So like, hey man, there's this game, like football, amazing stuff. Uh, we get, we never, we've never seen it in Europe. And I, you know, we, uh, we are used to soccer, uh, as you call it. <laughs> you so you can call it football. football. We're wrong. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a European football. So yeah, that's our thing. Um, we grew up with that. And then there's this new game, football. Um, Going to be honest with you, in the beginning, I watched the games. I was bored as fuck. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't. I don't know the rules. I didn't know nothing. So I was just sitting there for like three straight hours and wondering, man, how can you watch this for three straight hours and enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, it's such. It's, it was. It was a hard time for me uh, just keeping up. Um, but then actually, um, there was this uh, show on Amazon Prime called uh, All or Nothing, this documentary. And in the first season, they followed the Arizona Cardinals and, you know, like looking behind the scenes, getting all that background stories. And uh, that really, that really got me into football. And yes, it's then I'm, I'm a huge fan. Um, it was growing over the years, of course. And yeah, that's how I got into the game. Yeah. And that's really interesting too, because obviously the content now and the streaming age, these shows become global phenomenons where you know, show that's trending in the U S becomes a big thing, but now you look at something like squid game and people all around the world can identify with it. And we connect in these ways. And it's how, just the same way that you got into the NFL football. A lot of people are getting into formula one now because of the drive to survive Netflix show. A lot of people are watching that. They love all the drama behind it. They see 
the characters, they see the people involved, not really the sport. So they're familiar with the people and then they get into the sport, which is kind of what you did where you saw the background of it. You saw honestly the more boring parts because no sport is more boring to practice than football because it's just so many like repetition and that doesn't really look like the real thing. Because if you played it like the real thing, everyone would get hurt in practice where it's not as important money-wise and not where the results are. So it's really interesting that that's where you came from. I think it just speaks to the importance of people and like the characters of it. Cause once you know, like the names and stuff, that's how you really get involved. So that show was the Cardinal season, right? Because now you're a huge Cardinals fan, which is even more random than being an NFL fan. You just picked out of all teams, the Arizona Cardinals. How does that happen? Um, yeah, it, it is um, because of the season one or nothing with the Arizona Cardinals. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really know any teams of the NFL. Um, so my friend back in the day uh, who recommended the, the sport to me was a Seahawks fan, like mm -hmm. not really a fan. He just knew the team. Um But that was the only team I knew back at the time. And yeah, so the Cardinals were like the team. I knew some players, I knew the coach, um, I knew the stadium. So yeah, that's uh, I, I was just sticking with them and following them. And back in the days, like 2014, 15, uh, times weren't that bad, like with Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they reached some playoffs um, that time. Um, Yeah, had a couple of insane bad, games so. against like the Packers and that game was nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's a classic in NFL. So, yeah, I just stick with them and... And you I made it through all the it. John Skelton years, all the, I don't even know yeah. who the last playoff, did they have someone like really random the last playoff game or it was like a, a game against the Rams last year when it was like Wofford versus, I don't even know who the Cardinals quarterback was. Do you remember? Straveler. Yeah. Yeah, Straveler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was some hard times, uh, obvious, like, um, just for example, Josh Rosen. <laughs> yeah, the biggest, the biggest misunderstanding. I feel in bad for him. I don't think he got a fair chance, you know? Nah, yeah, uh, me too. Like, uh, he got on a pretty shitty team there in yeah. Arizona. Then he got... Then he got traded to Miami, uh, where he, <laughs> where he was on a, on a worse team. And I think now he's on the practice squad of the of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, so he's still in the NFL. He's making some money, but um, true. I remember him uh, getting drafted like 10th, I think. And he said, yeah, like uh, in front of me, there were made nine big mis mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> part, part, part of those mistakes in his eyes were, were Saquon, Josh Allen. Uh, so. Yeah, he, he didn't get that one right. <laughs> He, he didn't. Josh Allen's like right an MVP now. candidate now. And, uh, he, that class had like what five guys in the first round, and I think he's clearly the only one not starting, right? Because Baker, Darnold's got to start now. New team, Lamar, and Allen. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, T tough, tough beat for Josh Rosen. But why don't you go off? We'll start it. Get into the actual this NFL season. You are a Cardinals fan, like you just said. Are they the best team in the NFL, Luis? If so, why? Because it looked a little rusty last yesterday against the Niners. If we're listening to this, we're recording on Monday. But again, that week, what is it now? Week five against the yeah. Niners. A little a little shaky, but they still pull out the win. I mean, look, in the end, football is just so much about stats, about numbers, facts. <laughs> and as we know, the Cardinals are the only undefeated team 
in the NFL. Um, You're one of those guys. The most important stat is just wins. Win, baby, win. Five and no, that's the most important stat. I mean, I mean, in the end, every win you get now, it takes you closer to uh, to pre um, to the playoffs. So <laughs> true. We have a 17 game season. It's going to be a little bit more difficult, but um, yeah, like as I said, every win you get now um, could get you in the playoffs. And in my opinion, I think football isn't that much about playing your best game every week. It's pretty much about finding solutions in those games, mm-hmm. especially in those hard games, uh, like like they had against the 49ers. Um, yeah, Cardinals defense showed up big time. Offense, um, yeah, got a hard time on the field. But in the end, they found a solution. They win the game and... Um, yeah, they make it to the playoffs. Uh, no one asks how they how they got a win against <laughs> the 49ers. So yeah, that's pretty much about that. I don't know if they are the best team. Like there are so many outstanding teams right now. Just look at um, the Bills <laughs> destroyed the, the Chiefs last night. Yeah, that game was crazy. Um, yeah. Did you stay um, up, or did you watch yeah. like the highlights? You stayed up the whole game. Yeah, of course, <laughs> man. Like, yeah, um, we in Germany, we start um, the early Sunday games for you start for us at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just go all the way until I think 5 a.m. Monday morning. <laughs> it's dedication. So, <laughs> straight football. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the first training session next week is just uh, Monday afternoon. So I can get some sleep until then. There you go. It works out. Pretty, pretty, pretty good fit. So who do you think has been the better quarterback so far this year? Who's the leading MVP candidate? Is it Kyler Murray or is it Josh Allen or maybe somebody else? Um, I mean, yeah, Josh Allen stepping up big time the last weeks. You know, the numbers he's making is, uh, are insane. Um, a name I also want to mention here is Justin Herbert. Yeah. And this dude's balling. Hey, um, I got him on my fantasy team. Always believed in him. <laughs> now he showed up 42 points. Um, I, I love it. And the performance he he showed against the Browns is outstanding, yeah. but in my eyes, it's it had have to be Kyler. You know, he leading the the. Um, I think in week four he led the number one offense in in gained yardage and made and make points. I don't know if that changed now in week yeah. five, probably. Um, yeah, but in my eyes, it's just Kyler, like little fan view. Let's call it that, right? <laughs> What are some of the things that he does that are so special that like you've only been watching the game for well, almost six, seven years now. What are some of the things that you notice that Kyler Murray does different that kind of pop out that makes you obviously you're a Cardinals fan, but makes you like him so much more that even pops off the screen to someone like you who didn't grow up with football. And you can tell that this dude just plays the game differently. I mean, you got to say he's, he's so quick on his feet. He's so quick in decision making that improved over the last three years. So um, I think you can see it pretty clear on the game against the Rams. So the Rams defense at the time wasn't shit. They they played some good ball. Their mm-hmm. pass rush really clicked. Aaron Donald was like uh, on Kyler's heels every second or third play. But, you know, Kyler is just so so quick in his mind and on his feet, you know, escaping, escaping the pass rush, just uh, runs left, runs right, and um, throwing on the run throwing on his back foot, you know, while falling back. I mean, that's amazing. He really improved his arm, um, his precision. And uh, yeah, that's 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 just it. It's it's 
special because uh, as a defense, you really you really can get frustrated playing him. You know, you get through the line, um, you you are this close. You know, as a mm -hmm. defender, you are really this close. You already can you already can smell Kyler <laughs> in front of your face, and yeah, it just just uh, shifts another gear and and is uh, away from you. So yeah. that that's that's so fun to watch. I mean, I was uh, I, I remember sitting in front of the television like every fifth play and thinking fuck man this play is dead you know he gets sacked uh third down over and then i don't know i don't know how how we how we do it um he just turns on the speed and gets away make a, a throw i don't know and you know then you have d hop yeah. right there and catch that thing like i don't know i that those two guys. How about the amazing. Rondo Moore catch on the sideline, the fingertips with the uh, two? That was insane. Yeah, the tiptoe catch. Uh, you gotta love it, man. Rondo Moore, absolute steal, second rounder. No one would have expected that man. That dude is so fast. He can run. He can catch, as we have seen yeah. last night against the 49ers. Um, yeah, he, he's. I don't know why he record. went so late because I mean, obviously you you already watch enough football with NFL. Your knowledge is insane. For to have any knowledge of Purdue football in college would be too, too much. But Rondell Moore yeah. played at Purdue, and every time, I mean, they beat Ohio State in an insane game. He dominated. But besides that, Purdue is pretty bad, so not a lot of people knew about him. But anytime that dude touched the ball, you're just kind of one of the guys that you knew was going to be amazing because he's just, like, good at football. You know, he's a little bit smaller in stature, and but he's just, like you said, so fast and just good with the ball in his hands. He just makes people miss all the time. So when I actually have him like on my fantasy team, because I just had a feeling of, oh, this guy is going to do something just because he's good at football. You know, it doesn't even have to explain it of like, oh, he's too small. He does this well. He's just really good with the ball in his hands. His ball skills are insane and making people miss, which, like you said, is something that Kyler Murray does so well. And it's kind of what sets him apart. It's like an innate ability to just somebody's running at you and you have those quick twitch muscles to make a miss and Rondell Moore's insane at that. Now the yeah, opposite uh, of quick. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I just want to say, um, I don't really know why he, why he's gone dead late. I think everyone, everybody in Arizona knew it were, would be absolute steal in round two. They were all surprised. And there's a little story about, you know, Kyler, um, um, send always sending tape of, of, uh, Rondell to Steve Keim. Um, and, Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals in preseason or before the draft, and and was like, man, we gotta get this dude. He's amazing. Kyler was a day one fan of Rondell Moore, <laughs> and now and now you really see uh, why is that? Yeah, that's crazy. Do you even know the GM of the Cardinals? Most Americans don't even know that. And <laughs> speaking the opposite of quick twitch muscles, another quarterback who I'm really interested in what your perspective on this guy is, Tom Brady, who is lighting it up again. He throws nine incompletions to five touchdowns, no picks. Uh, against a terrible Dolphins team. But still, it, what he's doing at this age is insane. I know Bill Belichick kind of shut him down, but it was also raining really bad. And I don't know, I can't, I grew up hating this man because he beat my Rams yeah, in the first Super Bowl. And it was just a constant of, oh my God, Brady's there again. Brady's there again. You know, he's kind of a cocky guy, rightfully so. But like back in the past, he was the type, to, you know, just yell and he's so corny. And everything he did just drove me insane. You know, all those crazy Boston fans back in New England didn't help things either. So I'm interested to see what you think of what Tom Brady's doing now and kind of how you grew up with the NFL, what you thought of Tom Brady. Did you like him? Do you think he's, you know, the GOAT? And like, 
you put him on a pedestal or you kind of like me where, you know, he's the best, but you don't want to admit it. And this guy just drives you insane. Well, first off, what he's doing now. Yeah. Insane. I mean, he got that five TDs against, against Miami, but it's not like it's just that game. I mean, he's averaging like three touchdown passes on every game, I think in mm -hmm. this season. And you have to always have to mention that Rob Gronkowski is now out for two games. Uh, he's such a tremendous weapon in his offense. He's a, a, a yeah, tremendous sure. pass. He's a tremendous blocker or was a tremendous blocker last year for Brady. And now he's a pass catcher. I don't know. He has, he has like already four touchdowns or something like that. Um, and he's missing in that offense and Brady still makes it work. I don't know. He came to, he came to Tampa Bay and everyone was like, yeah, okay, good. Give him two <laughs> years, retire, like reti two retirement years. I don't know. And he's winning Super Bowl straight. And yeah, when you ask him, like, Tom, can you play until 50? And he said, and he looks in the camera and say, man, of course I can play until 50. <laughs> you believe this guy. It's not just like, yeah, this guy is crazy. No, yeah. you look him in the eyes and, and you believe him because you know, what, he, what he's doing physically in his age is just amazing. Insane. And it's, um, yeah, it's uh, pretty much um, the same for me. Growing up um, or watching football, Brady was like that dominator with the with the Patriots. Um, I think it's uh, yeah, nobody is really a Patriots fan unless um, they come from New England or like just watch football very rarely and just know the Patriots. You yeah, know, when really we call them bandwagoners. Yeah, yeah. When you're really into football, you're a New England Patriots fan or you hate them. I think exactly and and yeah it's just their dominance uh got a little bit yeah boring so are uh, you um i really appreciate eli manning for <laughs> for doing what he's done in his career with the giants um getting uh that ring or those rings and, it's so perfect too that it was Eli, you know, just like the guy who's yeah. perfectly 500, like in his career, perfectly 500. No one knows if he's actually a Hall of Famer. Anytime you cut to him on the sidelines, he's always getting just like his dopey face of the uh, Eli face, as we call it over here. And so many times where he was just getting beat up in terrible seasons and also really good seasons. And then you look back and like, yeah, but he beat the best quarterback ever twice in the Super Bowl yeah. twice with like two incredible performances. So yes, Eli Manning yeah, is amazing. is a legend. And then also too, it's, it's funny a, it that it's a legend. And then the third time that he loses, which again, okay, he's like six and three in Super Bowls. It's insane. But the third time that he loses is to Nick Foles, who's now backing up. He's not even wearing pads on Sundays anymore. Super Bowl MVP, can't even get on the field. And he beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl too. Yeah, that's crazy. And I mean, I have the biggest amount of respect for Tom Brady you can mm -hmm. have. Um, because as I already mentioned earlier, in my opinion, football is about finding solutions. And Tom Brady just making it work everywhere he goes. Um, everyone was like, is it uh, in New England? Is it the, is it Tom Brady or is it Bill Jack? You know, mm -hmm. what scheme or what? I mean, Tom Brady got to got to Tampa Bay and it worked like immediately. And he's, he, he continues to, to, to be great. Like, okay, he got that loss against the Rams. I mean, the Rams uh, are not the worst team in football right now. Um, that's okay. But uh, every other game this season, they dominated. Yeah. 
and Brady showed up big time. I mean, of course, he's got to be in the pocket. That's got to work. His O-line got to work. But if that's the case, you know. But it seems to always amazing. work for him. I don't understand. He always seems to have an eternity back there. Dude, like, never gets touched. That makes no sense to me. Because you always thought, oh, it's the Patriots. They're so good at offensive line. Their offensive line coach is amazing. Probably one of the best ever. And that was what was going on because it's the Patriots. But no, then he goes to Tampa, like you said. And this year, out of nowhere, everyone comes back after last season. And right now they're staying healthy, minus Gronk, and their defense is getting a little banged up. Winfield's out. And that might prove to be a detriment because they were really, really healthy last year. But it's amazing how his offensive line just always stays together and he has all day to throw. And it makes no sense because you look at guys like, okay, Zach Wilson obviously isn't playing the best, but his offensive line is awful. Trevor Lawrence, the same thing. You know, the team Brady just played against with the Dolphins, like Tua gets hurt and Brissett's getting drilled back there as a backup. So offensive line is such a huge part. And for whatever reason, maybe it's like you said, some of the adjustments he makes, Tom Brady always finds the solutions that his offensive line is always there for him. Yeah, and another thing is, you know, being a great athlete, um, it's not just what you do on game days or what you go, do on competitions. It's uh, it's so much more around that. And I think um, a big factor in the, in the thing that the whole um, Tampa team from last year stayed together is Tom Brady, you know. Um, and I think he had such a tremendous um, impact on that decision-making of, of so many players, you know, continue to to be with the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and yeah, that's a thing. I think um, no one really comes close right now in the NFL. You yeah. know that off-field stuff. You know um, interaction with the, with other players, um, just leading by example and stuff. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's also a thing that uh, really, in my opinion, makes him the the greatest of all time. No, no question, no question about it. Yeah, he prepares better than anybody else. Like you said, the he's an insane competitor in much in the same way that Michael Jordan was that he you yeah. know, even makes up things in his mind because they're just so crazy competitive. I'm interested to see what you said, though, because you said one of the reasons that like you didn't become a Tom Brady fan was the, the their dominance got boring, which is what happens to like me, too. But that's interesting you saying that because European football is all about that. The Bundesliga in Germany is Bayern, yeah, Bayern München or Bayern Munich that, always winning all the time. So do you get bored in like the same way over there? I would figure as a European, especially German, you're more used to it and you kind of gravitate towards the clubs that always dominate. Yeah, that's the same thing. Like, as you already mentioned, Bayern Munich uh, wins the league like every year. So um, you are either a Bayern Munich fanboy, like a diehard fanboy, mm-hmm. or you hate them. So it's just like with the New England Patriots at that time of dominance. And yeah, also in the Bundesliga, I'm a, I'm a fan of a, of a very yeah, like underrated smaller club. Um, just got relegated from the first league last year. Um, yeah, so I, I um, like the underdog mentality. Yeah. And so I, uh, I really stick with the Cardinals through the hard times. Um, yeah, because that's, uh, that's my... It's my stand of point when it comes to to support support yeah. sports clubs. You're like me. It's uh we like to drive towards the teams that make us miserable sometimes. As I'm wearing a North yeah. Carolina shirt, and what we just did in football this weekend was absolutely terrible. But I'm still there every week, you know, putting out and, my emotions yeah, and, and energy just to get punched in the gut. And but the wins are uh, so much more enjoyable, True. you know. 
that that's that's the thing when that it comes down that comes down to it you know when it works then you are very happy <laughs> that's true because it doesn't happen very often yeah what who do you think tom brady would compare to the most if you had to compare him to a footballer a european footballer who would be his best comparison because you know people here put him with michael jordan a lot but who would be the comparison for european football or soccer as we idiot americans say yeah, I mean, as you maybe know, there's this GOAT discussion um, also in, yeah. in, in European football, like between Messi and um, Cristiano Ronaldo. And I think mm -hmm. uh, when you look at that, he's more that Ronaldo guy because Messi is it's just, I mean, they are both very gifted. They are so talented. But Messi um, is just that so talented gifted guy you know everything he does seems very easy um and ronaldo's really a guy that yeah maybe i mean i don't know i wasn't there but i think he had to work a little bit harder for streams uh, to get on the level he's now and yeah it's, i think it's uh, pretty the same with tom <laughs> i mean uh, the the draft picture of him uh, from the combine from the combine <laughs> like his, his shirtless picture i mean that's iconic um i think that says <laughs> everything um so yeah he had he really have to hard, have to work he's not the quickest on his feet um but he's just mentally strong it's a good arm um and he makes it work so um yeah i think i think like cristiano ronaldo is just uh, it's a good comparison to tom brady yeah yeah like you said they came they had to work for a little bit harder obviously ronaldo's much more of an athlete than brady is but they both have an insane level of dedication to their bodies just in different ways brady's all about the tb12 pliability and stuff and ronaldo's like i'm going to do everything i can so when i rip my shirt off every muscle is bulging from my body but it's the dedication in the same way they're both insanely competitive not afraid to go to new places always itching to try to new accomplishments just like brady did leaving a place in much the same way Ronaldo did leaving uh, Madrid to go to Juve and now to Man U. Yeah, I, I agree. He's much more like Ronaldo, kind of the journey yeah. and the path of just incredible, tenacious competitiveness. Yeah, just yeah. the dedication to work, to get there. And mm -hmm. I think Ronaldo is also the guy who can play like, if he wants to, he can play like until, I don't know, 40, 42, 44. Yeah. Um, True. He hasn't aged. Yeah. And they also probably have Botox. So there's another similarity there. Probably, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's like, I think he's 36 now, putting up great numbers. So just like, just like Tom. So going back to something that you said earlier, just want to kind of latch on to, you really talked about the underdog mentality. That's what you are attracted to in sports. I'm wondering if you apply any of that mentality to your training as a white dude from Germany who's trying to sprint for a living? Yeah, I'm applying that to my sport or to myself as a, to my, to my life as a track athlete, but not that much in the fact of I'm a white guy competing against, you know, um, US Americans and, and Africans yeah. and stuff. Um, but more, it's more about the fact for me that growing up, um, I wasn't always the, the, the fastest, the tallest, the strongest, you know, didn't, uh, didn't won much. Um, and yeah, it was a hard process, but I always had uh, that one thing in my mind growing up, you know, one day I'm going to be the fastest German kid, um, mm. 
and and uh, get there and get that national title. Um, that was a pretty big thing for me. And yeah, um, there were there were times I um, I almost threw it away, just shut it up. But then I kept going, you know. And back in 2017, yeah, it finally clicked. I finally made it. Um, the training worked, and yeah, I got um, under 18 national champion. And that was such a big thing for me. Um, back in the days, I always got uh, the bronze medal at the under 18 uh, world championships and the 200 meters. Uh, yeah, this year it, in 2017, that it just worked, you mm -hmm. know. And all the way from then, it got better and better. And yeah, I really, so I really had that mentality, you know, that underdog mentality. Like I always love that in sport and uh, in, in every sport, seeing that, you know, I'm always. I'm always uh, supporting the guy, you know, that's, that had that had to go a little longer way, a little harder way. Um, yeah, it was pretty much the same for me. Yeah. What was that and feeling so like really when you won, though? Because you talked about you had that dream. You were thinking about it. I want to be the fastest kid in Germany. And then technically you were the fastest kid in Germany. What was that feeling like, that accomplishment? Nah, man, at, at the time uh, it was, I don't know, I, I had no words for it. You know, I just... <laughs> Like you know, you win such a thing. Um, I it was it was amazing. Uh, dream come true. Like sat there in my room uh, as a kid, like just staring at the wall <laughs> and thinking, man, man, I really want that. You know, I want that attention. I want to know everybody that everybody see what I can do, what I'm capable of. And yeah, it it it, it happened. So and that was the starting point for for good career to now and hopefully a much longer career from now on so yeah i'm just um so thankful for for that yeah. that stuff to happen no that's amazing and you definitely this is only just the beginning we're going to see you in paris we're going to see you down the road yeah it's just the start from fastest that's, kid in germany to a, much much faster things the plan. that's the plan yeah all right so let's go back to sunday as we wrap this up some of the reactions, if there's anything I miss, go ahead, go off anything that you want to talk about. But we have to start with the comedic showing from the kickers in that Green Bay Cincinnati game. Just I think it was like five missed three from Crosby, right? Missed kicks, two from yeah. uh, McPherson, whatever his name is, the kid from Cincinnati. Yeah, McPherson. McPherson, yeah. What was your perspective? We were talking about it, just laughing like I couldn't believe it when Crosby misses that other one. My dad was texting me. He's like, well, there's no way he misses this one. My two friends, Harrison, who we both know, and my other friend who's a huge Bengals fan, were going back and forth in our group chat, just like saying terrible things to each other as each kicker missed. And Harrison's like, oh, I got this one now, sending all the cheese emojis. And then Crosby doinks it. And it's like, oh, well, fuck. I, everyone's roasting him. And then AJ, my Cincinnati fan, friend is going crazy like oh now we won and then burrow throws that terrible interception just gives it right back so what was your perspective on it especially as it came down to kicking which you know as a european as a german you see kicking is a usually a little bit better than that display what was your whole perspective on just the comedy of errors that was that game yeah i mean first off crosby really ran from zero to hero <laughs> good 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 for him and for his job um yeah justin it's that that I didn't get in my mind, in my head. Um, from the five of the seven uh, final plays were missed field goals. <laughs> like, how does I that happen? I don't know. Like, 
how does that? And then the the last the last field goal try of the Bengals, uh, like where McPherson uh, thought he he just nailed it <laughs> yeah, and just hit time. just hit that flag right uh, right right on the top. <laughs> and and was celebrating and everyone was like damn what what happened i mean i couldn't believe it i watched uh, the early uh, the early window games in the red zone yeah. and every time they came back to to the Bengals packers game it was like yeah i feel goal now they decide the game miss <laughs> okay back okay shocking back to the other games okay next field goal back to packers and Bengals. Field goal missed. I was like, damn. <laughs> my, my my phone, my phone blew up and I was texting like all the time, like, what is happening, <laughs> man? I, that's that that's so crazy. I mean, how you yeah, you're a kicker in the NFL, man. You gotta I don't know. Do most Europeans think they could kick in the NFL? Like, do they look at that and be like, Oh, I could do that. That's so easy. Like any soccer player could kick in the NFL. How are they missing this? I mean for me i know what's what's behind kicking a kicking a field goal like from from analyzing stuff mm -hmm. um, and seeing stuff over the years but uh, but uh, yeah i do think uh, <laughs> like many like um not that gifted uh european footballers like soccer players yeah. you know uh, like uh, from the third league or fourth league or fifth league i think they're really really thinking about themselves man like can't be that hard <laughs> just 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 put that Put that egg between the goalposts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade like in those situations, yeah. especially in overtime. You know where you can win this thing. Um, this I remember early. The, I remember earlier the season, um, the Cardinals Vikings game, where the Cardinals just won because of the um, missed field goal mm -hmm. by the Vikings kicker. I mean that's such a stressful situation. Um, that's that's crazy mentally that's crazy yeah i mean i think there's a there's a there's a big pool of you know um future kickers coming from college or high school you know that really could make it in the nfl like on that position there's i'm i think you're always uh you're always finding someone yeah um that can kick the ball so uh the job is never safe <laughs> that's true they <laughs> and, get cut uh, and, so fast <laughs> And like three missed field goals, uh, three missed game deciding field goals uh, um, won't make it easier for McPherson to to keep his job. True, but yeah, that's the, that was um, I don't know. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see what Green Bay did if they if Crosby misses that last one too, like four in a row. Like, can you cut Mason Crosby? He's been there so long. Yeah, but I was like, man, this game gotta get um, gotta gotta they. It can't have a winner, <laughs> right? It needs to end in a tie. Yeah, it overtime, overtime, just just have to go over, and you know they are tied. So that that would be the the the, the fairest. Thing yeah, it would have been a very fitting end. I was like, I was like, teams to know that miss so much field goals, both of them, they don't deserve it to win. <laughs> so in my opinion, Packers don't deserve it to win. Like even Ruth Crosby, like he's in the NFL like forever, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Um and don't nailing yeah. off those people. No, you're right. No one deserved to win that game. So what else happened uh, disgusting. on this week on Sunday? Anything that we missed that you were watching and stuck out to you? Man, we gotta talk about that uh Chargers Browns game. Oh yeah, for sure. First up, first up, the fact that we talk about two tremendous and exciting games, including the Char uh, including the Browns and the Bengals. <laughs> that's, I, think yeah. that, I think that's times are I changing. Think that's a pretty good. 
times are changing, man. That that's a pretty impressive point. Um, yeah, but I I've seen that stat. Um, I didn't realize that until I read it. But the Browns had like fifty five hundred thirty one yards total offense. They had zero turnovers, forty two points, and they lost <laughs> the game. Man, that's because Cleveland. I mean, yeah. Just, yeah, just because it's Cleveland. <laughs> so that that's just that's just the thing there, I think. Yeah, but that's crazy. Like Herbert really balled out. Uh yeah. Now, do you think those two teams are legit Super Bowl contenders? Because like you said, obviously historically they both find a way, Cleveland even more so than the Chargers, find a way to just choke and crumble when they get any opportunities, especially down the stretch. And that game was kind of, you know, the Browns kind of crapped themselves on that last drive but even to have a chance in the back and forth in that fourth quarter was not what we've seen from those two teams do you think those two are legit and can keep this going throughout the season i have a hard time with saying okay those teams are super bowl contenders because you know like in the playoffs everything mm-hmm. can happen i think they definitely they definitely playoff contenders um the chargers because they're really they're really solid in the fourth quarter um just heard uh, last week heard a heard a um, podcast of Mike Florio, and he was saying, "Man, that's that's such an improvement, you know, like the reaching hour as we know it in the yeah. red zone when they when they shot the red zone. The reaching hour was invented because of the Chargers because they always blew their exactly. leads in the, in the in the in the last quarter. And yeah, they really got uh, solid on that one. And yeah, of course the Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield's doing a great job also." Um, I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders, but I would love to see them both in the yeah, yeah. In the playoffs. I think. Yeah, and that game was crazy. The back and forth. I really liked how just their running game, Eckler and Chubb on both sides, and the Browns also have Hunt too. Where you would think the most of the offense would come from Keenan Allen and Odell. If you're just looking on paper going into the season, and it's a lot of different options now. You Parnum comes out of nowhere as a tight end, and Joku has a huge game as a tight end for the Browns. Um, they're getting guys like for Cleveland people's Jones and all the Schwartz of all these people out of Auburn, Mike Williams for the Chargers is finally healthy, doing huge things where it's not the main guys. And there's a large depth of weapons on offense, which is not something that you saw often from these two teams. So I think they're both pretty legit. Like you said, I'm a little bit nervous, especially with Cleveland to say Super Bowl contenders. I would still be shocked if either one of these teams is lifting up the trophy. I think if you made me pick one, I'd probably lean Chargers just because I really love what Justin Herbert has done. And we saw, you know, as most rookies struggle, as we've seen many do this season, what he did last year was just insane. It looks more and more insane as you see Tua struggle, he gets hurt. And you see what happens with these new guys, like we mentioned Wilson and all the rookies that are playing this season, that it, what he did last year was truly, truly incredible. And he's playing even better this season. So if you made me pick one, I'd lean Chargers. But kind of like you, these two teams should be in the playoffs and they're legit, but I don't know if Super Bowl contenders, I'd still put the Chiefs over them, the Bills over them, and then maybe on par, you know, with the Ravens and stuff. So, Yeah, that's pretty hard. Yeah, and I think we already talked about that um, yesterday. I think like uh, what a tremendous job Justin Herbert is doing right now and was doing last year because as you already said, like all those rookie quarterbacks, including Trey Lance uh, last week, uh, really struggle um, getting into the league. What is what is perfectly fine. Uh, no one is rushing them to just be uh, right off the gates, the, the franchise quarterback and make every throw. Um, but I remember last season, um, Justin Herbert was thrown in against the, against Kansas City like just seconds before the kickoff. Um, yeah. 
and he he handled that so Terrible. well and throughout throughout the entire season got that a rookie of the year award like it was absolutely yeah um it was the right yeah. decision it wasn't um, even their decision it was a doctor puncturing tyra taylor's lung with a needle like how does that happen and then all of a sudden they stumble into oh wait we probably should have been playing this guy the whole time. This guy could be one of the next greatest quarterbacks ever. It was just kind of what happened with Tom Brady too, you know? Yeah. Like, Bledsoe just gets hurt and then yeah. he gets a chance and freak accident. Same thing. It's crazy. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've actually been a fan of Herbert like since his mm-hmm. Oregon days, he was doing great stuff. And I hoped he, I hoped he performed the way he performed now because uh, when he was drafted, um, you know, all those people, all those um, experts were like, man, I don't know, can Justin Herbert yeah. do that? He didn't really prove it in college and and stuff. And like that, that's like those, this under, underdog mentality I love. And he just got out there, um, quiet, didn't say much, just uh, letting his letting his game um, speak for itself. And yeah, I love it. Yeah. That. And it's weird too, because if he comes out a year earlier, because he goes back for his senior season at Oregon, if he comes back, he goes out into the draft the year before, he probably is the number one pick. And then for whatever reason, Oregon has an okay year. He throws a little too many interceptions his senior season. And all of a sudden, he's getting picked last and falling. And like you said, a lot of people are like, oh, he shouldn't be the number one pick at all. Anyone who does that is out on a limb and now they look like a genius. So before we get get you out of here, Luis, maybe we make this a weekly thing or whenever you can, we can do some week by week breakdowns. Love your input. Obviously, NFL analysis with a German accent is not something we get a lot over here. So you already have your own little niche and I'm going to hoard you for my podcast just to begin with before you become a superstar. Um, before we get you out of here, though, uh, okay. give me your Super Bowl pick right now and then maybe a dark horse contender who's. Who's the favorite right now to win it? And then if you had to pick one kind of underrated team that might surprise some people as we go, I guess it's kind of like the first quarter of the season. It's hard to do now with the stupid 17 games, but. Yeah. So first up, first Super Bowl contender, of course, got to be the Cardinals. You know, they got great offense, great defense. Um, if they, if they are staying healthy and continue the way, uh, just thinking from week to week, like every week, getting one and oh every week. Um, and that's just the mindset they had to have. And so, yeah, um, I'm just leading to that, you know, Cardinals in the Super Bowl against, ah, oh, man. It doesn't even have to be who they're against, but like what's a, what's a dark horse contender aside from the Cardinals? Obviously, they're leading the way last undefeated team. Who's a team that maybe doesn't have that shiny of a record or is getting a little overlooked that you think might make it, might make a big run in the playoffs. Yeah, I actually think like um, the Panthers. Okay. When they got McCaffrey, when they when they have McCaffrey back, they got a very solid defense. I mean, they fucked up against the Eagles this week. Um, no question about it. But they got a really really solid team. Um, they got Sam Darnold, which I'm really rooting for him to like have success in Carolina because that's also this. Uh, underdog yeah. mentality thing, you know, the Jets, I mean, when you're with the Jets, <laughs> you don't really have the chance, you know, and now he's really proving what he can do um, with his arm and with his legs, what is really impressing in my eyes. Um, and yeah, when they got McCaffrey back, the offense is stacked, the defense is working, um, you know, they got uh, Stefan Gilmore last week. So, 
Um, yeah, and curious CJ Henderson what, what, too. They, what they can do. Yeah, this season. Uh, no, that's a good pick. Yeah, Especially if McCaffrey crazy. comes back. And like you said, Darnold before yeah. that, like during the game against the Cowboys, which I might have, stats might have changed now after yesterday, but was leading the league in rushing touchdowns as a quarterback, let alone not, yeah. you think, okay, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, no, Sam Darnold. So yeah, it's been interesting. We'll see yeah, if their crazy. early start is kind of fraudulent. But like you said, I don't think it's, so much that they had an easier schedule and they're a fraudulent team. It's more so that they lost McCaffrey and now it's harder to do. Chuba Hubbard's been great, but you can't replace what Christian McCaffrey does for that team. He does everything. No, of course not. All right. So we'll wrap it up, Luis, before, because it also is a music podcast with sports and you are over there in Germany. Just give us a couple recommendations inform the mostly American people. I know this is now a global podcast, but the mostly American audience, give us a couple of names of some German musicians that we should be checking out, whether it's rappers or whatever, what's hot over in Deutschland right now. Give us some names. Ah, uh, man, I gotta be honest with you. I wouldn't really recommend like much <laughs> German stuff. I'm, I'm for myself, I'm very rarely listening to like, to like German artists, but if I had to, ah, oh, man, I don't know. And Germany, we 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 have much like uh, the rap game yeah. going, like uh, Jesus is a name, um, big name over here. Um, I, were you were you with us at the beach when I showed yeah, yeah. Uh, some German music? Yeah, like uh, it's, um, the group is called 187 Straßenbande. Um, Good luck spelling that one. <laughs> try 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 to spell that, yeah. Um, and yeah, like just um, yeah, rap stuff. I mean, I don't, I can, I can really, um, I can really sit here with a with a yeah. guitar and tell you German music is 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 great. You know, I'm I'm not a big fan of it. I rarely listen to stuff. Um, yeah, America, so we're I'm the best. <laughs> I I'm pretty much an American rap um, type of guy. Yeah, it's all good. It's- it's where it came from. So, you know, we do it the best. All right, Luis, thank you so much. Yeah. Shun. Have a great day. Hopefully we can get you back on another time. We'll be talking about your Cardinals if they keep winning and some more NFL stuff. I really appreciate you joining me, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, that wraps up the show. Uh, shout out to Luis. Definitely keep an eye out for him as future track star. Watch out for him in the next Olympics in Paris. And thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends, do all the podcast thing stuff to keep this growing. Thank you so much for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube